0: Hello all and welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callan. And the Strategic Whimsy Experiment is a weekly gathering place filled with conversations about the films that shape our lives. Today we are going to be reviewing the film The Last Duel. All right, Sarah, do you want to kick us off with an IMDb summary for this movie? Sure. King Charles VI. Declares that
1: knight Jean de Carouge settle his dispute with his squire by challenging him to a duel.
0: Okay. So our one sentence summaries for the last duel. Yeah, mine
1: is Law and Order, feudal France unit. Ha
0: <laughs> nice. Well played. Thank see you. what you did. There. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Um my summary is, the winner of this duel is somehow still the pride and vanity of man. Ah, uh, indeed. Yes. No one. That is the real No one winner. wins. No one. <laughs> no one. My alternate one in summary was: Kylo Ren really goes to the dark side. In this movie. Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> I I wrote down in my notes like, huh, I think that this is who Kylo Ren should have been in the Star yes. Wars, but we
0: couldn't go there
1: because it's a Disney property. Because Disney, so
0: yeah. You know. But I mean, like, talk about the darkest of the dark sides. I, I mean, he went. He's got the all main, out. He's got the same mane and everything. <laughs> he does. He does. I mean,
1: but wow, he just he went full evil in this and good job. Good
0: yes, for you. He does. He does. <laughs> uh all right. Let's start off with our initial thoughts of the last duel. And perhaps we We won't talk about too much about the ending. We'll include the spoiler and then we'll have full rain. What were your thoughts about the last duel? Yeah, I um
1: I don't know. Um, I'm I'm still Ooh, trying to. I st- love these episodes, these kind of conversations. Yeah, yes. I'm still trying to sort out how I feel about it. Um, I this movie does a lot of things well, and like I mean, we know that Ridley Scott is just a great filmmaker, and we see a lot of good things that he does here. Um, I think it's a very interesting story, and I think some, not all, of the performances were really good. Um, so there's like there's a lot of good here. I think the subject that they're trying to explore is a worthwhile one, and um, it's also kind of crazy to be watching a film that's set in feudal France and there's still so much that's applicable Mm -hmm. to our lives today. So I think that's an interesting thing to just grapple with. And a lot of the subject matter is just interesting to think on, especially because this is based on true events, which makes it all the more interesting. But I I, I almost felt like it was like two scripts that they tried to fuse into one or... Um, it, it almost, I don't know, something about it just felt off and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what exactly didn't sit right with me. Cause it did so many things right, but it, I think there's just like one little thing that's off and I still haven't been able to like pinpoint what it is. And like, (laughs) after the movie was over, I sat on my couch for so long, just like trying to figure out what, Mm. what I felt was off. And I, I feel like mm-hmm. it's just like a little thing. Um, but I still haven't been able to figure out what it is. I, I don't know if it has to do with the, the script. Um, I have some thoughts on it that maybe that's what I think is off. But so on uh, the whole, it's a really well-made film. It's a difficult film to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A lot of rough subject matter. Like, be warned if you have not watched this film. It's graphic. There is a scene of rape. So like, just be yeah. warned like, going mm-hmm. into it, but it's well-made. There are good intentions behind it. Good things to think about and talk about. I just, uh, I, I didn't love it
0: and I'm not sure why. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I'm I'm intrigued to unpack that. And I'm curious to hear what your hypotheses are and what it is about it that fell off. Um, Overall, I I've thought this film had a lot to say, and um, it did so in a pretty smart and interesting format. Um, the way that it brings these three different perspectives together, and the way the cinematography supports these perception shifts, I thought was really fascinating. Um, I I think the the thi- well the thing that um, bugged me a little bit about the Way that the film ended, and I don't want to talk too much about it, but I felt like this film was still focused on the very male perspective, and it focused a lot on uh, the pride and vanity and ego of the of the men in this movie. And there's a lot that the, the primary woman in this movie goes through, and I felt like because they tackled uh, such rough subject matter, that I, I wanted there to be a little bit more there. Um, that the film was looking to empathize with instead of this being still a pretty male dominant perspective. I mean, the whole like climactic ending of this movie is a duel between the two men. And gosh, there's so much that this woman goes through. And there's moments, there's definitely so many moments where they they give her the time um, and showcase her experiences. But I, I almost was wanting more of that. But overall, I think, from a filmmaking perspective, this was really well done. Um, I'm excited to talk about the different cinematography choices and small, uh, subtle shifts that happen in each of the three acts of this movie. And uh, overall, this was really, really strong. And I, I enjoyed the way that this film is grappling with this idea of truth and how the truth is so highly distorted by um, our own lenses and perceptions. Um, so overall, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Lots to talk about.
1: Yeah, yeah, there there are lots to talk about. and I, I think even like what you just mentioned about it being so male centric, I really think that that was by design because that's how it was. And even like the historical mm-hmm. accounts of what happened, like they were all from a male perspective. Mm-hmm. So I even think that choice of making it like seeing this horrific event in this woman's life, through these like male lenses, I think was so kind of ingenious to like really show us how women were treated back then and how, like, I mean, it was all about men and men controlled everything. Men controlled the narrative. Like they were just, it is what it is. And so it was, it was, it was hard to watch that, but I think it was also really valuable to see it through that lens instead of the lens that I think especially us, like as women, <laughs> would want to see it through. So I, I think that was an important filmmaking choice for historical accuracy, but it also helps us kind of think about our own society too. Um, because that like patriarchal thing, you know, is still present mm-hmm. here in yeah. the West. So it's even interesting yeah. to see like we've we've grown and we've evolved a lot and we can have conversations about about, you know, when someone is raped and we can talk about these things and and we can hear people's stories. um, But still that that patriarchy, that thread still runs through and still runs strong.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And it is so dominant in this film. Um, I thought I mean, I will talk about about the like order of the perspectives that are shown, and I thought it was a smart choice to order them in the way that they did, um, as we were asking more questions as the viewers about what actually happened and um, anticipating and waiting to see the next perspective, um, and their angle. So this is probably a good time to include our little spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the last duel, we recommend checking it out and uh, going in with a blank slate so not knowing too much about how it all unfolds all right we have free reign now to talk about all the things that we want to um i'm intrigued to know more about what your hypotheses are about what what parts of this felt off to you as as the movie ended yeah i i think
1: um it to me it almost felt like there were Two different ideas that they kind of like mesh together. So, like on the one hand, and and they do they do go together, but I, I think I don't know. I something just did not compute in my brain, and it might just be my own problem. <laughs> okay, but it almost felt like like they wanted to to make a story about. You know this event that happened and this rape that happened and everything that came from it, but then they also wanted to make a a a movie about how like uh, different people's perspectives on the same event can be so different, and they they do work together, and I I I like the way that they unfolded it, but I think in a lot of ways it it seemed. I, I don't think that that they they were fully enmeshed together. And I wonder if it's because we got so caught up in the rivalry between the two men that it 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 felt um maybe like that the story about Marguerite didn't get enough meat. Um but I, I like the way that they did it, I like the way that they structured it and how it was male-centric because of what we just talked about, but I just I I think there was just like maybe a little missing piece in there or maybe if if it had been a little bit more even of less about, you know, their rivalry or I I don't know there. I, I just feel like there's just like something little that that's missing in the storytelling that could have made it feel more well-rounded. Um But I'm also aware that maybe it wasn't supposed to feel (laughs) well-rounded. Maybe Mm. we're supposed to walk away feeling like that was just really, really off. And maybe that's what we're just supposed to walk away with. And that's what we're supposed to grapple with. I don't know. But at times it felt like we were watching two different stories. um, That they just kind of like, oh, let's combine these two ideas. Um, And it works a lot of the time. But I... I wasn't fully convinced of it for the entire film.
0: Interesting. It, I mean, the film in the for the, f- the first two perspectives. So we get the perspective of Jean de Carrouge, and then we get the perspective of Legree. And those two segments, those two acts, focus a lot, like you mentioned, on the rivalry. And only when we get to uh, Marguerite's story do we see everything that happens essentially from the the trial onwards, right? Um and so I wonder if maybe that contributes to it, is that the, the first two acts spend so much time setting up this rivalry and we and we see the scene that happens where she is assaulted but m- most of the third act is like not really concerned about that anymore it's the focus has shifted completely so maybe it's a focus shift that happens um f- from like the first two acts to the third act that that might be
1: yeah, and I, I also think, so I'm going to get briefly on my, my soapbox for just a second. It's <laughs> maybe <This laughs> okay. is two and a half hours long, and I don't think that it should have been two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. It, it covers a lot of ground, so I don't think it should have been 90 minutes, but I don't think it should have been two and a half hours. So I do wonder
0: okay. if... There's a leaner um, version of this,
1: yeah. Yeah, if they had cut maybe like 10 to 15 minutes from both of the the male perspectives... And then it might have felt a little bit more balanced on the whole. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So it, maybe so it's a pacing. I, it's a pacing thing. Like we are slogging through so much of this rivalry setup that really the the third act is where there's a, there's a pickup of pace. And mm-hmm. maybe that first two sections felt so long that by the time we got to the third Act, it's just like okay let like let's go now I'm ready like I've been ready um I, I agree and especially because we're seeing the same events unfold um by default like there's 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 less novelty right like we're looking we're definitely looking for things uh, those subtle perception shifts that I think were really fascinating but um there's a lot that we already know and so there isn't that natural like rhythm that you would expect from a normal film where every new scene is like a novel's new scene. Um, There's like a different approach they had needed to take knowing that we're seeing the same events unfold again and again.
1: Mm -hmm. And I I think the way that they – they did that. I loved that the shifts were so subtle yes. because normally in a film like this, it would be like, you <laughs> totally know, different. they're, they're in love according to like one person's perspective. And then in the next, like, mm-hmm. no, she's assaulted, you know, like, so I just, yes. I love that it was so subtle and it was mm-hmm. so, um, clear from everybody's perspective, what happened, even Legrees. Mm-hmm. and that. Completely subverted my expectations because I I thought that that was going to play out in a really really obvious way. So I think the the brilliance of that subtlety um, makes that character more despicable, uh, but also it makes him more interesting. And it's it's almost this like damnation of that culture, you know that that allowed this this I can take mm-hmm. whoever I want whenever I want. You know, mindset to just flourish and take captive, so I think making those those perspectives shifts so subtle was mm-hmm. such a brilliant detail in this film
0: mm-hmm. yep, yep, and it 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 made me feel like I was on the edge of my seat for the acts two and three, looking for mm-hmm. all those yeah. small differences the The one that is so subtle is the kiss that happens between um. Marguerite and Legree at the party. Mm-hmm. And and I expected them to change that a lot more. And it's they, – they, they kiss in almost identical ways, but there's the way, you know, she darts her eyes away or the way that the camera lingers on his face that just totally – like so nuanced. And I thought that was really, really well done. I was expecting each story to be, as you mentioned, much, much more different. Legris is is a fascinating character. I am intrigued to know what your interpretation was of him in the duel, not confessing right before his death that he did what he did. He denies it mm-hmm. to his dying breath. and i'm I'm curious if you interpreted that as his pride still still uh, unwavering and unwilling to yield. Or if you read that as he genuinely didn't think he was doing anything wrong, that she was playful and she was, uh, you know, quote unquote, asking for it or whatever. Oh,
1: yeah. No, I I definitely read it as he thought he did nothing wrong, that he thought that it was consensual. And I I think that that, again, like makes it more interesting because – he he was in a society and he was in a role where women were not allowed to say no to him so like even you know earlier in his story when he's chasing the other woman around like yes yeah, yes she's so running smart. away from you and she says no and yet he's, so he raped her too and that was just like fun and games to him and no that is not okay so i think that denial just Again, like, makes you look at the the society as a whole because he he didn't just exist in a vacuum. He wasn't just this like one guy who had this like just gross desires within him. like no, that was that was socially acceptable. And that was okay because of the position that he was in. And again, that just makes it more interesting to think about um societally rather than just this one character,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, that's fascinating because the first time that I watched, this and, and and initially when that scene, I saw it as him refusing to yield, um, because oh. of this rivalry and his pride, like refusing to admit in front of everyone and have his dignity or you know his reputation tarnished, um, that he would rather go to his death still denying, um, but that I I thought that he knew, but the more that then I was thinking about it more um, since then and the parallels of that. Scene um, earlier with the other woman, where he's at Pierre's home. Um, I think it, and and then the other small subtle uh, perception shift is that she, in his truth segment, uh, kicks off her her shoes playfully as she's going mm-hmm. up the stairs. Versus yeah. BC in her segment that she though her shoes fall off as she's panicking and trying to run away. So that made me rethink. Like, oh, does he? Does he see? Did he actually see this whole thing as her being playful and crying out no and whatnot? And that was so he he believed that it truly wasn't rape. Um, and I think that's an actually that's a more interesting read on this. Um, the other one is a little bit more straightforward in in that it's like the 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 resilience of human pride being so strong. The other one is from a morality perspective, more interesting to think about and ruminate on.
1: And I think it's just also so interesting to, to think about how we remember things. And like, we've talked about this a few times in the last few movies that we've we've (laughs) reviewed, but you know, this one just takes such a different tone and, You know, understanding that how I'm perceiving events is not how everyone's perceiving events. And someone can go through the same thing with me, like alongside me. We can experience something together and we can have completely different perspectives on it. And I think, like, we forget that. And we think that, you know, what I perceive as what happened is the truth and it's exactly what happened. And that's not always the case. We might have a a a wonky filter and just be seeing things or, you know, I don't know, sensing things that that's not actually how that happens. So I think as difficult as this film was to watch, it's, it's a good one to just like ruminate on and just go, man, like how am I seeing things? Like, is Mm -hmm. my perspective right? And, and it's almost that like humility to go like, wow, I, I don't know everything. And, what I'm seeing might not be what everybody is seeing, and just that that humility to like, okay, what how do you perceive this and and ask those questions in our own lives, you know, rather than just thinking, nope, this is this is what happened. This is the mm-hmm. only perspective that's right.
0: Yeah yeah, And I think this film does a fantastic job of showcasing how our own uh, sense of self clouds our ability to to perceive uh, more accurately, you know, like we are so clouded by our own emotions Mm -hmm. and, and fears and anxieties and insecurities and, um, ego, you know, and how, how delusional we can be. I thought it was really fascinating to see the differences in Marguerite's experience, um, in many of the like quiet, intimate, um, scenes with, uh, John de Carrouge and how, how wildly different his perception is um and I think also because his act and her act are one and three, and so there's a there's a little bit more time between the two of them, and his version is so much more of um you know him being this this brave chivalrous uh knight who is taking care of his woman and she is um Full of this nurturing tenderness, and and she's smiling in his version of their interactions. And to see how vastly different that was, um, was fascinating. I almost feel like John de Carouge is um, despicable in a different way from Legree, in that this is the woman that he loves, that he has spent so much time with, that he um, is intimate with um, in, in all their little moments and he, yet he is still so unable to perceive any of the the fears and um, troubles that she's experiencing. And his, his lack – of his like utter inability to see that is just so fascinating to me. And it's
1: just interesting because like he, he let her do this. You know, like he, he let her tell her story and say, no, he, this other guy raped me. Like, so, so you see, you know, Karuj is this rough guy. He's, he's gruff and he's heartless and at sometimes kind of abusive and the worst. But at the same time, he encourages and allows his wife to do this thing that could have Ended both of their lives and, you know, really like destroyed the family name and all of this. So it's, he's such a fascinating character because he's not cookie cutter. And at some points, he is the worst. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, what other husband in this society, you know, at that level would allow their wife to do this? So then you got to give him a little bit of props. But yeah, he's just a complex character that.
0: I'm still trying to like sort out how I feel about him. <laughs> That's so interesting because I give him zero props. <laughs> because uh-huh. I I see it as him still in his pride wanting to uh to to achieve justice for the fact that his wife, which I think he sees more as his property, was Violated and wrong. So I see this as him saving his own reputation, his own face. I think she makes the comment that she refuses to keep quiet. So he already knows she's going to go out and speak. And so I kind of see him as like forced into this with his own dignity and trying to protect all of that. When she tells him uh, what happened, his first reaction, which broke my heart, is why does he do this evil to me? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like he is still thinking about only himself and is totally unable to empathize with the pain and trauma that she's just experienced. And then right after that, if, as if that couldn't be worse, he says he will not be the last one to know you and like demands her to yeah. be with him and lie with him. And <sighs> I oh, – that just – that was so heartbreaking to watch. Man. So yeah, he's the worst in my brain he too. Is.
1: No, he is. But it, it's also like, again, like I was thinking most of the for most of the movie, just about like the macro and like in that society, he was probably a yeah. good guy, which is yeah, bonkers to think about. That like yep. that reaction, the the horrific nature and the the gruffness that he responds to his wife with. That was the good version. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Holy crap! I'm really glad that I did not live in the 1300s.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. So I I think from a, I I was grading on a very very large low, low bar. Yeah. (laughs) He had a low bar to clear, and he like barely like inched over it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, and you see that with the conversation that Marguerite has with his mother. Where she says that you are mm-hmm. you are bringing shame to this family, and so yeah, for him to, um, to to allow this so publicly to to come out and to to uh, endure that, and then to really put his life on the line is, yeah, it says something. I I, I agree. He's not. I think mm-hmm. some other dude might just have like taken his wife out. You know what I mean? Like yeah, silence her, shut her up, take her out, and like mm-hmm. remarry again. Yeah. Which is
1: I. some character said that was like, if you, oh, it might've been Legree. Oh, Legree did say that. Yeah. 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 If you tell your husband, he's going to kill you. So even like setting those stakes of like, yes. girl, you might die just by telling your husband what happened to you mm-hmm. through no fault of your own. Like, yeah. wow. That's oh my true. gosh. So he did not murder her. He didn't. This this is very good. Again, very, very low bar. It's like half an inch above the ground, and he cleared that. So (laughs) He did. He did.
0: Most of the other characters didn't clear that. So Mm -hmm. good job, Karouche. Yep. Yep. Uh, And in that final shot, after the duel is over, and he is on his horse, like, parading through town. With his, quote unquote, his victory, and he is like basking in all of his adoring fans, and she is just silently two steps behind him. Like it is still all about him, and I, I think the film should have just ended with the shot on her face, mm-hmm. um, yep, Me and too. faded to black, and just don't include any of that ending text that comes on screen because I think it really takes away from that that emotional effect for us to sit in those, those feelings and those thoughts, you know? Like it's irrelevant that mm, yeah. he died a few years later and fought in the crusades. It's not even about him anyway. It's irrelevant that she – and I hate that they use the word happily. I think they say she lived on for the rest of her years happily and never remarried. Something like that, you know? It just, mm-hmm. I think, it takes away so much of the final gut punch that the movie delivers very effectively. But they kind of put this rotten cherry on top of the sundae, and I think it doesn't <laughs> deserve to be there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't care for the the scene with her kid at the end. I was like, Ugh, it's um, pieces of a woman all over again. What the hell?
0: Oh, that's um, right. I forgot about that scene. <laughs> I'm still mad about it. So I'm gonna bring it yes. up every chance that I get.
1: See, I um, just blocked
0: that out of my brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that I is that's that. great. That is the actual final ending scene.
1: Mm-hmm. That's the final show. so so I, I wish that they would have just ended it with her on the horse, but I'm not gonna lie, like when when it came up that he died just a few years later, I was pleased. Because he is the worst. Mm, And so there was just a little bit like, oh, phew. Okay. She didn't have to deal with him anymore. Great. (laughs) Which I don't think was the reaction that I was supposed (laughs) to have, but it's 100% how I responded to that.
0: No. Yeah. Same. And then it like pops up, she never remarried. I'm like, no, duh. Like, who would? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't know. Just leave me alone. Let me raise my little child and I can manage a house. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, okay, so the pieces of the woman ending lol scene in the in the beautiful sunlit field. Yeah. I don't know what the point of that scene was. I think it was my theory is that they wanted to show the blonde-haired boy was not Legree's child and that it was actually um Jean Carouge's child. But I just, again, these are questions we're not asking and are irrelevant. Absolutely irrelevant.
1: Well, and I mean, also, can we just talk about how, like, genes work? Like, I mean, I had blonde hair as a child and both of my parents have black hair. So, like, it's, it's. I mean, hair color is not a clear indicator of (laughs) who is the father of this child. So... That also just doesn't make sense. But yes, I agree. That's what they were trying to do. Um, Mm -hmm. I was just so bothered because, again, it was like in the Pieces of a Woman movie. Like, it was a huge tonal shift. It looked completely different than anything (laughs) else. Like, we've been in this, like, really, really, like, dark, gritty, like, everything Snowy, is bleak. Cloudy. yeah. Yeah, washed out. And then we go into this, like, bright yellow and greens and blues. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, did we, like, jump into another movie? What happened right. here? Like, Right. Or did her husband go away and die? And then it's like, oh, now everything is sunshiny for me here. I don't know. But
0: I could have <laughs> just done without all of that. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Especially we go from this super emotional moment of her just silently like riding behind her husband and like there's a sense of relief that she feels but the trauma and everything that she's experienced is still there. She is still trapped by her marriage and under the control of this man. And we hear her like breathing deeply which I thought was like really effective. Um, So it just feels like a huge whiplash uh, tonal shift.
1: I do wonder if that was just like a late addition. Like there's a cut of this movie without that, but the ending wasn't like victorious enough and it wasn't, it didn't feel satisfying to just end it there. So they needed to have something happy to show like, woohoo, good one in the end. I don't know. But mm, just to mm-hmm. like end it on a high note instead of this yeah. like victory yet very depressing note. Mm-hmm. Which yes. is more in tune with the entire film. Right. Uh, right. Just frustrating that they added I that little bit. I and mean, at, at the this end.
0: point, the viewer has made it through <laughs> an <Yes>. incredibly emotionally <laughs> taxing experience. Yeah. We can handle it not ending with sunshines and rainbows. We can handle it. <laughs> It really is, like, identical to the pieces of the woman problem. (laughs) It is. It's fascinating.
1: (laughs) Why do people do this? Like, Mm -hmm. are are viewers just unwilling to sit in discomfort? Because if so, like, this is not the movie for you. You just went through two and a half hours of hell. Like, (laughs) why do you want just a drop of sunshine at the end? That's
0: not going to solve the problem. Nope. It just actually feels worse. Yes, it does. You know? It's the equivalent of like someone telling you while you're very, very upset that like it's going to be okay. And you're like, I don't want to hear yeah. that right now. Thank you. <laughs> I will get there. I am not there. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Oh, it's man. just like
1: slapping a Band-Aid on it and mm-hmm. like that's not going to solve the problem. Nope. No, nope. if you if you wanted a joyful ending, you should have watched something other than the last duel.
0: Like <laughs> I love that, that we're this on this soapbox well. together. This is great. Thanks for joining me. I love this soapbox. <laughs> oh man! All right. What else do we want to talk about with this movie? Oh, that's
1: a good question.
0: Let me let me look at my notes because. Okay. Uh, there's, you know, we've just yeah. been
1: on soapboxes and uh, <laughs> gotten to my notes. Oh, shall we talk about the final scene? Like, or not the final scene, but the, the, the battle, duel. the duel itself. Yeah, what were your thoughts about it? Oh, Jesus. It was rough. <laughs> it was a lot. It was, and, like, I I like gritty things. I like gritty movies. I don't mind blood. I don't mind people getting, like, stabbed and shot and stuff. But, man the, the level of brutality in this was something that I was not prepared for. Yeah. And, um, I, I think again, like I was focused on the macro. So anytime that there's, there's a scene like this, so whether it's, it's duels or like gladiators Mm -hmm. in a coliseum or like anything like that, I am just shocked that (laughs) this was a form of entertainment. Yeah. and so then like watching the crowd and watching people cheer and have a good time as these two men yeah. are killing each other, I just I, I was just sitting there and so so that I wouldn't have to watch the brutality, I was focusing on everything else and just going like, <laughs> wow, let's think about this society and mm-hmm. and I also think the it's this interesting juxtaposition of um, this like morality and this like, Piety and this devotion and belief in God. And yet, all of this gruesome brutality at the same time that's just like intertwined with religion is just fascinating. It's gross, but it's also really interesting to think about because our lives are so different today. So, I was just so that I didn't have to watch the brutality of the fight, I was just thinking about all of these societal things instead. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that that fight was gnarly. It was effective. Mm-hmm. It was very exciting and like adrenaline inducing, but right? Woo,
0: hard to watch. Very difficult to watch, and I appreciated that the the way it was filmed really didn't shy away from showing a lot of that and giving us enough time. To watch the fight unfold, the fight honestly lasted so much longer than I think I was expecting it to. Yeah, um, like we see them go through each phase of the of the fight, from being on the horses to the hand to hand combat, and there's it lasts so long. But I thought, at, to your point on the macro level, like the way they see the winner of the fight being God's. Will and, and God's way of choosing and show, showcasing uh, who was telling the truth is a really fascinating like distortion of um, religion, and they've, they've intertwined their justice system with uh, this very violent uh, ceremonial process. And it's I thought it was really fascinating to me. You know, I, I was thinking about how many other duels have um, unfolded in this way, duels to the death, where the wrong person won. You know, like the person who yeah. um, was accusing or the person representing the person that was being accused, uh, the wrong person won. And that person's reputation and all of that is is defined by just these two men's ability to fight, honestly. and. That was a fascinating, like, thought to to untangle. And I think especially,
1: like, from from the woman's perspective, too, like, it was fascinating to me that if her husband lost, she would also lose her life in just the most horrific way. Like, when they were outlining all the things that they would do to her, I, oh, gosh, it was awful. And so even thinking about that, you know, if, if he's a bad fighter, then you're going to lose your life too. So mm-hmm. yet another incentive to, if that happened to you, just keep it hidden because you don't yeah. want to lose your life. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, the impl- the implications of what we've seen on the screen, like when you zoom out are, wow. Oh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. no, thank you.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I, that's one of those pieces that I think uh, you alluded to earlier, which is that it felt so resonant with the current times and, you know, the idea of, of the, the sacrifices that are made to speak out and to bring justice and um, to, to bring your, your um, uh, assaulter to justice. Like there are so many sacrifices that are made, um, and it, and it takes so much bravery to be able to do that. Um, I I thought that the the whole bit with like her son being born just a few days for before the duel was like, you know, it was like it was it was pulling on our emotional strings, and I knew that was the intention. But I think it it I appreciated that it represented this larger picture of um, there are so many sacrifices that are made for these women that. Do speak out and speak their truth about what has happened to them. I think there's a a line that Marguerite says where she, she says like um, there is no right when you're a mother. You just like she just wants to be there for her son, mm-hmm. and by speaking out, she is potentially risking her ability to be able to do that. And so, um, I think it, it it revealed a lot of why women feel afraid and are terrified to speak truth. So. That the film handled that piece really well and, and it was like tragically resonant with, with the things that are happening now too mm-hmm.
1: and I, I love that the film even though it's, it's it focuses primarily on the men I, I love that the film believed her the whole time there was never any doubt mm-hmm. as to what happened to her and that was just really nice to see <laughs> is because that hasn't always been the case. And even today is not always the case where women are believed. So it, again, that that was just such an interesting juxtaposition. This this primarily male-driven film had no problem believing the woman. And, and yeah. that was just nice to see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. And you see the way that she is doubted by the people closest to her in her life, Um, Mm -hmm. her best friend doubts her the entire court, like for the, the, the scene where, um, she is on trial. Like they are, they are casting so much doubt about her version of the story. And you, you see her trauma having to like speak about this and relive this and like desperately make her case for this. And man, it took so much courage for her to do that admirable. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think that's the other thing that the film did really well, especially in her portion is like clearly setting the stakes like over and over and over and over and over again. Like it wasn't just like, Hey, I was raped just so you know, like it, it, it wasn't a low risk thing, but she was risking literally everything. Um, and, and we could see just how weighty of a decision this was. She didn't make it lightly. She didn't rush into it, but she knew what this was going to cost her and she was willing to do it anyway. And mm-hmm. and that could have been really like easily glossed over, but I love that the film took intentional time to reiterate the stakes over and over and over again for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And seeing the ways that they would use Things she said in the past against her as well was yeah you know again weirdly resonant um, just like things she said offhandedly and them just harping on it and harping on it um, man they did a good job with that part
1: yeah yeah it it was it was really hard hard to watch and I again like I think it was this was a really interesting story to tell because it's so long ago that it's it feels like a different world really um even though this actually happened to real people and because there's so many you know centuries of distance between us and these events uh, it help us it helps us to to view our own circumstances differently you know if this had been Something that happened like fifty years ago, it wouldn't feel like a world away. But because, because it was in the 1300s, we can look at that and then have maybe a more critical eye about where we are today, uh, which I think is helpful.
0: Yeah, yeah. In a, in a weird way, the the sense of distance in time and uh, culture almost helps us connect with her and empathize with her and and understand her plight. And then also our current, um, society's, um, experience with this in a, in a new and a fresh way. It almost is like, um, you know, this is a bad comparison, but when they say like, when you eat food with your eyes closed, like your, your senses are heightened to the taste of food and you're able to experience it in a, in a different way. And I feel like this is similar. Like we are seeing just a woman going through um, so much trauma and pain and the the realizations that this is not so different from the way it, it often occurs today is almost haunting in a different, a different way because we're like out of our typical context where we see and hear about cases like this that happen in our present day. That distance almost creates almost a closer empathy that we have with her in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think haunting
1: is a good way uh, to put it. Cause I have felt haunted by this movie since I watched it. Um, yes. I, Yeah. I, I think this is another one, like it's, it's uncomfortable to watch, but it's valuable to watch. And I, I think, um, you know, the, the writers who, who worked on this deserve a lot of credit for what they were able to put together and and just these conversations that they they were able to start, um, man, it, it just shows like yeah. what an important medium film can be. Because I mean, who is going to go and read a historical record of this duel that <laughs> happened in the 1300s? Yeah, but yeah, we're much more likely to watch a film like this and mm-hmm. and be entertained and engrossed and, and dropped in these characters' lives and then walk away with something to think about. So it's mm-hmm. it's filmmaking doing what it's supposed to do. And that's just so satisfying to see.
0: Yep. Yeah. I really had so many things running through my mind after this. And there was just so much to think about and that really is the sign of great art is it really prompts you to dig in and want you and you want to engage with it. Um and not just a experience that is over. I was surprised, by the way, speaking of um the writers of this movie that this was that uh Matt Damon and Ben Affleck uh, were mm-hmm. writers of the yep. screenplay in addition to Nicole Holofcener. So that was surprising to me. Like props to these two men who are using their creative energy to tell this type of story. Did not expect that. Mm-hmm.
1: I I really enjoy it when uh when Matt Damon and Ben Affleck team up together, mm-hmm. they they produce mm-hmm. some good stuff. Yep. My, so they did great on the 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 story. Thank you for bringing this to us. I did not love Matt Damon's performance, though. That was <laughs> okay. That me is more. one of my biggest complaints of the whole film. Is I just no. i just i really really struggled with him like the was it not being able to unsee oh okay the accent the accent was just all over the place and i think that that was like my biggest thing and Mm. he's also matt damon and so there's always just gonna be a little bit of that in there Mm -hmm. um i think it was especially hard for me you know, when he he is acting alongside Jodie Comer, who is just phenomenal yeah. and like she can turn into whatever character she needs to turn into seamlessly. Um, so I, I think I just I, I really, really struggled with Matt Damon's performance,
0: but <laughs> it's, it's fine. We made it through. <laughs> mm-hmm. How do we feel about how my man Adam driver did? I, I didn't. I... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that the first 20 minutes of the movie, my brain was just adjusting. Like, honestly, <laughs> yeah. I was distracted by these two stars in this getup, you know, like I was, I was adjusting, but as the film kind of unfolded, I um, was able to be a little bit more immersed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Adam
1: Driver did better in it than I thought that he was going to do. I <laughs> I thought that this was going to be a whole hot mess. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like because mm-hmm. this cast makes no sense. But for the most part, it, it worked. He he held yeah. his own. Jodie Comer did great. Ben Affleck did great. Yes, I <laughs> was shocked by that too. So he is having fun in that role. He man. really was, and that's just you know when an actor's having fun, and it just. Mm-hmm. It makes it so much better. Granted, I hate that he was having so much fun doing such despicable things, but he did a
0: great job at it. So, you know, (laughs) good for you. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. Uh, Other things to note about this movie is that it was a commercial flop. This movie did not make Mm -hmm. enough money to offset its production budget. I think it was, um, it grossed, what, like 30 million, had 100 million production budget. So they lost money on this. And I've heard from folks that because of the the pretty graphic uh, sexual assault scene that kind of word got around about that and it turned a lot of people off from even wanting to go see this. I mean, I think the movie in general and um, its genre and its subject matter is not an easy marketing sell anyway, but I don't think that helped the movie either. It's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot – working against this film
1: uh Mm -hmm. i I think first thing is you know older audiences are probably going to be more drawn to this and older audiences are less likely to go to theaters right now just because of yeah you know where we're at in the world um i also think like you said the subject matter very hard to watch also like the world sucks right now and so it's kind of hard like mm-hmm. if I'm going to go to a movie theater I want to see something fun honestly
0: yep. I don't yep. want to watch this No this <laughs> So is,
1: I yeah this is I, more
0: emotionally taxing things to <laughs> to grapple with yeah. yeah Yeah so I
1: think there's just a lot working against it it's mm-hmm. it's still a good movie and 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 one definitely worth grappling with but this was just going to be a tough thing to market even in the best right. of times like right. this was never going to be an easy sell and mm-hmm. i think it's one of those like you just have to kind of know that going into it mm-hmm. um that yeah people are going to not want to see this yep. so you have to set your expectations accordingly
0: yeah which is a, it's a shame because there's there's so mm-hmm. much that's good about this movie and yeah. There's so many important messages and themes that this movie tackles, but it's, it's not an easy palatable (laughs) viewing experience. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I do wonder
1: though, now that it's on like streaming, if more Mm -hmm. people will watch it, because I mean, it's just it's low risk. You know, you didn't spend a million dollars at the theater to go watch this. Yeah. But I do wonder if people will sit with it long enough to, for it to get good because mm-hmm. it's hard in the
0: beginning there. It's hard to get I, into the story. I completely agree. I felt the same thing. I was 45 minutes in. We were still in the Jean de Carrou section and I did not Know where the heck this was going? Um, I felt disconnected from the characters, which, looking back, was totally intentional because we're viewing it from just this one man's perspective. But um, only when we get to Legris scene, a set of scenes, does this really begin to pick up pace for me. It was it was a little bit slow of a start. Hmm. Yeah. And
1: and it was it was always going to be because that's that's definitely the character's perspective that you needed to start with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, it's it takes a minute to get going, and but yeah. once it does, it's really interesting really to watch. Good. But I yeah. just
0: I hope that people will stick around with it long enough to for it to get good. Yep. So if you haven't seen this, make it past the forty five minute mark, and I promise you, when you get to the lake <laughs> scene, you will have so many questions that you want answered, and so you will just on the edge of your seat, waiting to see how they unfold. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then once you get into like the Marguerite piece, it's oh. just
1: like, oh, I'm fully invested in yeah. this I yeah, I want you to
0: get whatever good out of your life that you can <laughs> like, yes, yes exactly, yep, all right, any other last thoughts before we wrap up uh can i can I briefly stand on
1: another soapbox for just go for a it go so for it why? Do we think that medieval means a British accent?
0: <laughs> I was wondering that for the first twenty minutes of this movie, um, they are, they're in France. Yes. Like, what? I literally, I was like, I remember seeing Paris. I, I'm pretty sure they're in France, but I literally googled this because I was like, am I insane? And am I going crazy right now? No. Did I just totally miss something? No, they're <laughs> supposed to be in France. And I just I'm so bothered that that films <laughs>
1: always do this. We think that medieval means British and no. It doesn't. You are in France. So and and so like I was willing like for the first few minutes, I was really annoyed because I just, I am, it's who I am as a person. I will always be bothered by this. Mm -hmm. And so then I started, I started to kind of get okay with it. And I was like, okay, it's just, it is what it is. You just need to accept it so that you can watch this movie. But then they're singing in French. There are people talking with French accents. And I'm like, okay, like, if you're going to do it, just be consistent and make everybody British. <laughs> but no, we have other
0: French speakers just randomly pop up. And so yes. I cannot be okay with this. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think we just, when we think of, like, a knight, we just immediately go England-British. We do. I, I I did
1: keep singing uh, Knights of the Round Table from Monty Python. Um <laughs> Very different story about very different nights. But different uh mood. anytime yeah. I watch anything in like feudal anywhere, I just I think of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So had to also <laughs> get that out of my system uh <laughs>
0: while watching this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. The first like ten minutes of this movie, they just sound like they're doing they're like high school kids doing a Shakespeare play. Oh yeah, for sure. You know. Takes a minute to adjust. Yes. <laughs> They're also just like iconic looking actors too. So yeah. It's hard to yep. see that. So it it's a slow getting into, but once you're in, you are strapped in. hmm Yep. Man. Once it once it gets good, it gets
1: good. But mm-hmm. there's just a mm-hmm. long ramp up to get
0: there. <laughs> yes. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Well. This is our review and discussion of The Last Duel. You can find it available to stream on HBO Max. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. This podcast is fueled by our passion for stories and connection and is something we continue to do each week solely because we love it. This is our Strategic Whimsy Experiment and we encourage you to find a way to infuse whimsy into your day. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a review letting us know your thoughts about The Last Duel. You can connect with us on Instagram at strategic whimsy Experiment, on Twitter at strategicwhimsy, or you can email us at strategicwhimsyexperiment at gmail.com. We will be back next week to discuss the film Eternals. We hope you have an amazing week and we'll see you very soon.